This week's episode of the Getting to Know podcast is brought to you by the Nina Values. Did you know that we place the health and well-being of our employees above everything else? Learn about our commitment to both physical and emotional safety on Connect. Hey everybody, it's Mike Rickheim. Thanks for joining us again today for another edition of the Getting to Know podcast. Today I'm joined by the sultan of all things customer solutions, Mr. Todd Olson, sitting where, Todd? I believe in, you say, the Nina Service Center in Nina, Wisconsin? I am based out of the Nina Service Center in Nina, Wisconsin, correct. So how long have you been based out of the Nina Service Center in Nina, Wisconsin with Nina Incorporated or Nina Paper or some version of us? So I've been uh, actually just last week, I celebrated my 18th year with the, with the company. So actually came from Fox River, was there for four years before the acquisition, and then have been with Nina ever since, but been based out of the Nina Service Center uh, the entire time. So Fox River, if I'm not mistaken, is, is, it, is the smokestack in Appleton, is that a Fox River uh, smokestack? Is that right? That is correct, and it, it still does say yes. I was uh, by it the other day, and it still says Fox River Paper, even though it's uh, it's Nina. Gotcha. So, how long have you been in that part of the country? Did you grow grow up near there, or? Yeah, I've I've actually was been born and raised in the Fox Cities area, and, and lived in Appleton for um, pretty much the last yeah 50, 50 odd years. Uh, I'll leave. I'll just leave it at that. Talk to me a little bit about what your current role is, and then we can get into kind of how you how you got there from from the from the early days. Yeah. So as, as you mentioned, so um, over the customer what we call customer solutions team, which is incorporates customer service, the new business development uh, part of our, our business, customer master, customer logistics, continuous improvements. So it's a couple different teams that are kind of housed all under the customer solutions role, but the biggest portion of that would be, would be customer service for fine paper. How long have you been in your role leading customer solutions then? Just over a year. I, I took over last year, just before the pandemic hit. My first order of action was to basically find a home for everybody outside of the outside of the office. It was kind of an, an odd time, but kind of slowly getting people back into the uh, to the building and, and understanding in the fall, we'll have everybody hopefully full-time back in, into uh, the NIA Service Center. So looking forward to that. That's great. So how, how many people do you have that on a given day would actually be coming into the service center on, on your team? Yeah, very few. I think the building itself has probably got, I'd say no more than maybe a dozen people that are showing up pretty routinely. And I think we're, we're right about a hundred right now, if, if the building were to be full. So, you know, really about, about that 10% or so capacity at this point, but it'll be pretty full when we get here to the fall. So we got to, got to figure that out. So talk to me about the scope of responsibility that you have. The main focus would be again for customer service, right? So that's our, our biggest role here in the, in the, in my team. And that is just taking care of everything that our customers need. It's certainly partnering with our sales organization and, and being there for everything that our customers would, would want to, to know any questions they have, any issues they have entering orders, doing quotes, really just taking care of our customer from, from soup to nuts. A couple of the other parts that I'd have would be new, new business development. So those are going to be uh, an individual that's there for our, our sales team for New capabilities, things that may have to be developed. We don't necessarily have a standard quote, if you will, something that's got to be a little a little more complex would go through through that individual. And then also the customer logistics role, which is a, a, a job I held in the past as well. That partners very closely with our sales organization and our customers and represents really all of our supply chain functions in, in this building and reports into to me. But 
it's a it's a great role because it's a one-stop shop, if you will, but then kind of represent all the different functions that uh, live under supply chain. And that's literally talking about how you get our product to the customer and how you get it from one place to another and what it becomes from there or what's all included there. So it would be it would be that certainly that Mike and it would say it's anything that's you think about planning, uh, date management, inventory related, transportation, warehousing. How do we get products from A to B? Can we put inventory programs together? The role also uh, partners very closely again with our sales and marketing team to develop customized programs that would help drive revenue and new opportunities for growth in the business as well. So a pretty uh, full encompassing role, but again, it's a the one-stop shop that our, our customers get to know and can kind of rely on for questions. And then that individual will work with the different cross-functional teams to get to get the answers. That's great. So Todd, what does what does a perfect day in customer solutions look and feel like? A perfect day, I guess, would be something that I don't feel like we've seen in, in a while, unfortunately, but it's, uh, yeah, it's we're able to have everything that our customers want uh, when they want it, and everything goes in very smoothly. That would be a, would be a great day. Also, it's probably the unicorn day, right? That that just rarely happens, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's part of what the team's here for, right? To to kind of do all that blocking and tackling and and finding you know solutions when the when everything isn't just perfect. We don't have the product or can't meet that date. What can we provide to to get in to get an answer to still save that order and and satisfy our customer? Has that unicorn day been more elusive because of COVID? Like, has that thrown specific wrenches in, or with you know people working remotely as they as they first sort of down that path or, you know, what, what, what's really been that impact for you? Yeah, it certainly hasn't helped. I, I feel like it's probably, even on the perfect case scenario, it's, it's probably rare that you'd ever have everything exactly when it was supposed to be there uh, when the customer needed it. But it, it certainly has been amplified, I would say for sure, through COVID and, and, and being remote. Those things certainly aren't, aren't helping the case. But uh, I think the team's done a remarkable job of working through it. We've had a few folks move on uh, to different roles within the business and unfortunately some outside the business. So we're trying to get the uh, staffing back to where it needs to be. And I know our customers and sales have been very patient with us, but we're, we're running at that pretty hard too to get uh, get ourselves back to a spot where we can manage those, those inquiries and, and be responsive to our customers again. Without naming names, what's the weirdest customer service type of call or situation that you've bumped into in the last couple of years? It probably happens more, I'd say, in our, our e-commerce world or our, our live chat. We'll get some very unique we had someone just uh, about a month ago, I guess is probably the one that's most top of mind, who worked with us several years back and worked at uh, one of our mills out Northeast and had some, uh, I don't know, had an issue or was having a day that he wanted to go back and find out who still worked there and how we could get him in contact with certain folks because he was wronged. And he had a, a few choice words to share with our, our team. And it, like we're here to help make a you know service and order and, and sell you paper, not necessarily to help you with your personnel issues from two and a half years ago, but it can come from, from all, all over the place. I think that you get some kind of a, some, some oddball once, once in a while, which keeps the team on their toes. Got it. Did you grow up uh, wanting to be a customer solutions guy? Probably not. I think I didn't have the skill set to be the athlete that I, that I had ho- always hoped and dreamed to be, but I went to school for business. So very, again, landed up at, uh, at, at Fox River uh, in a role that just was kind of created, it, it turned it into a, a customer facing role, it was a brand new role that they had created uh, when I joined the company. And kind of, so I had an opportunity to kind of help make it, make it what it was and really found a, a passion for working with our sales organization and our customers. So I was fortunate enough to be able to be, you know, brought over to, to Nina and then kind of find my way into a very similar role. Julie Chertel actually, as she came over, created that very similar role um, for, for Nina. And I was fortunate enough to be one uh, tap to, to step into that role. And so I guess I'd say that the customer facing portion of our business has always been something that's been a passion for, for me. 
So you're born in you you said did you call it the Fox Cities area? Yeah, yeah. Born born in Nina, moved to Appleton, so then in basically Appleton. But the Fox Cities is really whole areas within a 15 minute drive of, of each other. Got it. How far as a crow flies do you currently live from the first place your parents ever brought you home to? Probably 10 minutes from from what I, I believe. And I've joked I've, I've said been traveling a lot for with customers, and so you get to some of these big cities. It's a 10-minute drive to the office and then a two-and-a-half-hour drive back away from the office. It's those big cities. And when customers ask me, I, I joke, it's it's 10 minutes to anywhere I want to get to. And on a bad day, it's 15. So it's, uh, yeah, even, even on even on the worst days, it's uh, everything's within 15 minutes. Yeah, that's that's a great thing. We we had a slight moment, one of, the, one of the few positives that came from COVID is that that greater Atlanta area started to experience something kind of like that. But um I think that's over based on my last couple of uh, treks out and about throughout the city. So. Yeah, I, I, I traveled with a colleague there several years ago, and I think it took us, uh, I want to say, like something like three hours to get from, from Alpharetta to the Atlanta airport, which is technically should be about a 40-minute drive. It was, a, it was a heck of a morning. Yeah, got to pick your times for sure. Yep. So you said you were a business major, uh, is that right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, business major. Where did you go to school? I went to University of Wisconsin Oshkosh. So again, that's only about 30 minutes uh, south of, of here. Okay. So Oshkosh, as we may have talked about, I, I grew up in Ohio. I went to Bowling Green. There's like an unwritten rule in at least Ohio where you go to a Mac school, I can still be a Buckeye fan and I've taken advantage of that. So I am a Buckeye fan. Same thing apply if you go to Oshkosh or Stevens Point or uh, one of those schools, you're still a Badger fan? Yeah, you, you, and you're you're allowed to, correct. Yes, I, I w- you wouldn't be able to wear some of the other state school logos, but uh, but certainly the Badgers are, are accepted. Gotcha, gotcha, fair enough. How many students are at Oshkosh? Uh, probably in that, uh, say, 12 to 15,000, 15, maybe. It's, it call it maybe a mid-size. There's, there's smaller UW schools, and then certainly Madison, and probably Milwaukee, maybe the other two that are, are bigger. Got it. So went off to Oshkosh for school right to Fox River coming out of school? Uh, nope, actually worked for a place uh, called Resource One International. We actually do some some outsourcing with them from time to time. So oddly, still related in the industry, but worked there right out of college. And a couple of gentlemen from Kimberly-Clark, which is a large large uh, Fortune 100 company in our, our area, had bought the business and I graduated at the same time. So it was kind of a perfect, perfect timing and they uh, made me an offer and it was uh, a great experience from the standpoint of it. it was a small company, probably no more than 100 employees. And I got to, you know, work in the office and be part of the staff, if you will, reporting directly to the president of the company. And you got to wear a lot of hats and you got to, to learn a lot of, 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 you know, pretty cool things as a, as a young person in their early career. So I always cherish those moments, I guess, and learned a lot from there and then took that down to, to Fox River when I, when I left there. That's great. That's great. Do you feel like um, in your time at NIDA, the, the 18 now plus years you've been here, how has that ability to wear multiple hats how, how has that varied yeah I would I would say that it's it's interesting you say that the opportunity and I've had work for some some great people here um, to get involved right and be part of the I guess the supply chain leadership side of the business and have a voice in that process which is something I've always really appreciated with within Nina um, and and had you know several different roles just even within within here uh, within Nina itself so gets you different exposures and allows you to do a couple different things. It's always been appreciated. And I, I like that about this company that you, you have an opportunity to use your voice, regardless of probably what, what your title or, or role is in the company. If you could wave a magic wand, Todd, and change one thing about Nina, what would that be? 
I'd say probably for me, it's probably good for the business and be good for me selfishly from, from my team as well. I'd say if we could turn around the commercial business to being a, a growing part of our business versus declining portion of the business, that would be, that'd be awesome. One, it's super profitable and, and, and really low complexity, right? Unfortunately for us over the last several years, as, as that's been declining, we've replaced it with products that may not be quite as profitable and certainly have become far more complex. And that creates some challenges when you look at staffing and things of that nature when you try to do uh, SGNA, you know, matching all of that up, right? So the quotes have become a lot longer um, and, and more challenging to work through. And, and again, unfortunately, you just, you're not paid as much, it feels like, for, for the work as well. So that, that I'd love to change that if we could. That's certainly a good one. I appreciate that perspective. You mentioned the ongoing war for talent and needing to continually be on the lookout, you know, for, for talent for your team. What's the ramp up like? as you add someone in, when you talk about the more complex products, cause it's, it's a very technical business. I'm, you know, now a year in and certainly, um, the lack of, you know, being able to get out and about has not helped, but, but it's a far more complex business than I would have expected from the outside in. So what, what's that look like? Yeah, certainly I'd say from a customer service perspective, that's probably the, the biggest challenge is you're, you're a good six months before you're probably able to pick up the phone and, and even talk with the customer, right? And we'd say it's a good year before you feel like I, I kind of know what I'm doing. And it's it's probably two years before you've tried kind of mastered the role. So it is it is a bit of a, you described it perfectly, Mike, that's been part of the challenge. When you lose somebody, you lose the experience, not only just the headcount and the person coming in, it's just to be fair to them, they need that opportunity to be trained and ramped up and learn all of the nuances of our business. And um, that does that does take time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like to me, and again, this is from afar, but it seems like your crew is potentially more in the belly of the beast. You know, like that's where the shit kind of happens, you know, not to take away from those out there, you know, making the product or anything like that. But it seems like to me, it's a real key pivot point. Is Am, am I picking up on that right? Yeah. I, 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 you know, maybe I'm a little biased, but I believe so as well. Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, I've again had the fortune of being able to be out in front of our customers and hear them talk about that team and how much they rely on that group and how much they make, you know, their lives easier. And I believe it helps drive business, right? It's just, you, you like to do business with people that make your life easier. And this team does that on a daily basis, but you're right. They represent all parts of our business. They'll interact with planning, with credit, with P and D, with sales. And I mean, they're, they're really the, the epicenter, if you will, of, of, of the activity when it comes to our customer, which is the lifeblood of our business. So um, yeah. How do you align the team? Has it been more by category or is it more by, you know, customer specifically or segment? How, how does that work? Great question. We, we were just tinkering around with that. I mean, historically, we've been geography based, right? So it's uh, customers uh, in a territory and you kind of own everybody that's within that territory. We've tried to get a little bit now. We're trying to add to that and, and try to create a little bit more around channel as well. So, so having that expertise within our packaging and sustainable solutions and we do have a consumer team. We do have an international team. There's probably a hybrid in there that makes the ultimate sense. And we're, we're still kind of working through that, but it's, it's probably going to be a, a little bit of a combination of, of geography as well as channel. Gotcha. So what makes someone able to get up to speed in four months or five months? What do you see in somebody that, that they come into your organization and you're like, yep, I know this one's going to be you know, one that's going to excel. I want to make sure we don't lose this person want to make sure we bet on this person? Like, what, what, what do you see in those people? Yeah, I, I, as of right now, I mean, I'm, I'm very blessed, I think, to have a, a really talented group of folks. And we've hired a few new new people more recently. And to your point, it was, you, you know, because the, the the team knows, right? So they've been, a lot of people on the team have been here 10, 15, 20 years. And when they see somebody 
asking good questions and jumping in sooner than they anticipate. That's a great indicator that this person's catching on quickly and that they're going to be able to add more value sooner than you could probably have imagined. And those are good feelings. And we've, we've been fortunate enough to have a few few new folks join the team that, that bring that to the table. Is it helpful to have your logistics team, your customer service team, and the you know the various capabilities all housed in one place? I think it does. Um, for me, especially in the role that I was in this customer logistics role and I had to interact with them, for me, it was just, it, it was probably a style thing, but I loved being able just to walk and get in front of somebody and, and get an answer immediately and could keep the ball rolling. It's surprising how well the team has done uh, being remote, but I, I still feel there's value in, in all of us being back together and I'm and excited to, for that to, to come to fruition here again very soon. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they probably feel that way to some extent too. Uh, you know, we've all been cooped up, you know, for too long for sure, but I know there's you know, different circumstances, different situations and, and all that. All right. So somewhere between Oshkosh and the first gig, well, somewhere between, you know, uh, somewhere between Oshkosh and where we are today, have we um, added to the Olson family? Were there ever any small Olsons rolling around Fox City's area? They're, 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 they were small. They're getting, they're bigger now. So yeah, I have a 20 year old son named Gage and an 18 year old daughter named McKenna. Gage and McKenna? Yep. Correct. All right. 20 and 18? 20 and 18. Yeah, he's he's gonna, he's gonna actually going to school in uh, Minnesota State for aviation. He has his pilot's license. He's been up doing solo flights and everything already. And my daughter's just graduating high school and will be at UW-Milwaukee in the uh, the fall for pre-law. And she'll be going to Wisconsin. She'll be a Badger um, to get her law degree. That's is her plan. So have you been up uh, in the sky with Gage? No chance. Not not yet. I, I, I think he needs a few more hours for me to feel comfortable. Uh my put my life in his hands at this point so is uh is mckenna allowed to go up with him yet uh not not yet no he's i i think we're all waiting to he needs to uh i feel like he needs when i ask questions and he's not exactly sure of the answer i i feel like he's got a few more hours in in the air or in the simulator before i'm, I'm comfortable getting up there does that blow your mind that your son is flying airplanes a, l- a little bit i try not to think about it too much especially when I mean, I, when, the, when the instructors were up there, that was one thing because, you know, they, they, they test you and the alarms go off. And when you couldn't remember what the answer was, there was somebody sitting next to him that, that did. Now I'm like, if you don't know the answer, that, that does worry me. So I don't, uh, I try not to ask too many questions, to be honest with you. I have a 20 year old daughter and there's an 18 year old and a 16 year old in there. And I love them dearly. I can't imagine getting on a um, flight with any of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you on that one, Mike. <laughs> Now, will McKenna, will, will, like, what's that relationship like? Will she, will she get there or he's always just going to be, you know, the guy that gave her Charlie horses or picked on her when she was, you know, you know, a couple years younger, like, or, or will she jump in and be like, yeah, that's cool. I, I love that you're a pilot. You should fly me down to Cabo. Yeah, I, I think she'll get there. Um, it, it unfortunately will happen after they, they move out and they've taken whatever sanity I have left. Right. So they, they go at it like a, a traditional brother, sister would, I guess. Um, they'll, they'll figure out how to love each other when, when they're out of my hair, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it creates some, uh, some fun moments for sure. How far away is Milwaukee from you? It's honestly, it's, it, the campus is probably less than two hours, just, just under two hours. So not, not, not far. That's good distance. Minnesota state's further, right? Yeah. That's probably closer to that one's probably five, five hours. Okay. Yeah. Still not, not too bad though. How are you guys feeling about McKenna? heading out in a couple months. Uh, excited for her, I guess. You know, I remember the college days as being a, a great time in your life. So yeah, I, I, I think it's exciting for them. I'm super happy that colleges are opening back up because I think that for me, the experience side of things is part of college, right? Not only learning and getting your degree and it's part of what goes on at college. That's the other part that 
last year people were missing. Um, and I felt, I felt bad for those, those kids that were missing that experience. So super happy that they're able to go back and get, get some of those experiences under their belt. For sure. Has her senior year been anything even remotely close to normal or? No, she's been remote the entire time and doing all the classes. Yeah. Via the, the WebExes and things of that nature. And yeah, I've got a senior also and, and kind of very similar down here. And it's, you know, I can talk myself into about a six or eight year span of these kids, either new graduates coming into the workforce all the way down to, you know, kids who are in seventh or eighth grade, you know, when this all started, they're just, I can talk myself into them all kind of getting screwed out of something really cool, you know, and, and, you know, your senior year seems tough when, you know, you may or may not have prom. You certainly don't have homecoming. You're not doing a lot of the stuff that, that um, you know, as you said, it's part part of the normal normal experience. So, I guess it's our, our new normal. They did have a, a a prom that was done, you know, not through the school, but they kind of co- orchestrated it on their own. So they they got to do something. But yeah, it's it's definitely not been a, a traditional year, and it is unfortunate that's your senior year that that's kind of how you go out. But but at the same time, I, again, I, college is right around the corner, and I think that that's good that they're they'll be able to be live and, and do some of that. Where'd McKenna get the pre-law bug? Is that you know watching the firm or uh, LA Law reruns on Nick at Night, or where, where'd she get that? I think it was planted um, by me accidentally. I mean, when you start talking to what they want to do with their life, and she didn't know what she wanted to be, and I joke that she's a bit of a pain in the you know what sometimes, and loves to argue. And I thought like, wow, the law would be a lawyer, be a great role for you. And I kind of did that you know, haphazardly just kind of off the cuff. And, and then I noticed that, you know, three months later when people were asking her, as she starts to figure out what she wants to be when she grows up, that lawyer all of a sudden started to become a, a real answer. And I was like, I, I don't know whether that's true or not, but uh, we'll, we'll see. That's it's great, great and very flexible degree to have. So good, good for you. We had a uh, discussion here on the getting to know podcast with your friend, our general counsel, uh, Noah Benz here recently. And as you may know, Noah's the lawyer and his brother's a doctor. And it's like, that's, you know, the ideal, you know, parenting scenario. Uh, Traditionally, yours isn't probably far off. You got a pilot and a lawyer on the way. You guys have done something right. Yeah, I I feel like if if I get in trouble down the road, I I have a daughter that can either get me off the charges or a son, at least who can fly me the hell out of the country, right? It's good, 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 good way to look at it. I like it. So what do you guys do for fun these days as they've gotten older, as, as Gage has gotten out of the house, I guess, but what, what, you know, what's a, what's a normal kind of uh, getting away from, from, from Nina and spending time with the family type of thing look like? Yeah. So me and my kids, we, we're, we're big sports fans. So I, I think for us, it's um, unfortunately, we haven't been able to go do things live. We've done that in the past. That's, that's been our thing. And we're looking forward to, to doing that again this fall, but there's uh we're all New York Mets fans from a baseball perspective. So they, they play the Brewers, the Milwaukee Brewers, the local team here every year. We'll go down, the three of us will go down to those games for um, the entire series and, and watch games. So that is uh, something we dearly missed last year um, for sure. But we still, uh, we'll watch them on TV. That's, that's kind of our thing. We'll, we'll get together and do a lot of, a lot of sports stuff. So is baseball your, your favorite sport? Yeah. It, uh, hockey's a, a close second. My son played hockey through his whole, whole life. And, uh, was actually the uh, starting goaltender on his varsity team for the last three years of high school. And so lot, lots of trips to, to watch him play in that realm. But uh, baseball was always my passion. I played baseball through high school and then, you know, immediately softball till till now, uh, up and up until even right now. Beer in one hand, a hot dog in the other, sitting at a major league baseball game. Life doesn't get much better than that for me. That's a, that's a great day for me. Tough for me to disagree with you on that, Todd, for sure. You're, you're, uh, 
hitting close to home for me. How did you become a Mets fan? Yeah, I'm all over the place from that, from a sports perspective. I, I like the New Jersey Devils for hockey, the Denver Broncos for football, the New York Mets for baseball. I, I usually just follow a player, so it's it's usually a player related. I will find somebody that I enjoy watching. Have the kids followed your somewhat random fandom, if you will? Yeah, they're kind of forced to, I guess, because that's that's what that's what's on TV. I'm not not turning on the local team, so uh, by default, yes, they became fans of the exact same teams, and so we're we we have that together. Yes. No, I I understand that. I'm a um... You know, I, I grew up in Ohio. I'm a Raiders and Red Sox fan, and my son is the third generation of that very strange bi-coastal fandom. So I, yeah, I understand. <laughs> so you and I are fighting for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. I heard that uh, Vegas was one of the uh, potential teams, and so so are the Broncos. I've heard that also. Um, <laughs> for his sake, I, you know, I, I, I hope that doesn't work out because nothing that um, my beloved Silver and Black have done for the last couple decades seems to work out. And I really like him. But that would be exciting to get, get, get your paws on him. The situation with Aaron Rodgers, I mean, that could be an entire getting to know podcast, um, you know, given, given our, our uh, Packers fans out there. But that situation is unique for sure. Yeah. What's your wife doing when you guys are watching TV, watching, you know, watching the Mets, watching Broncos, watching Devils? Is she jumping in? Uh, no, not a sports fan from, from that standpoint. So as has, uh, I think, her shows that she'll watch and, out of interest to us, so that's uh, kind of good. Good to have more than one TV in the home, I would say. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Have you guys uh, done any family binge watching through the pandemic at all? No, not really. I, and I, I know a lot of people have done that. Um, I'm not really kind of connected to any any shows from that perspective. And one or two things, like I'll watch The Voice or something with my daughter. That's about you know from a, a regular television show. But no, it's usually a if there's anything on for, for us, it's usually a, a ball game in the background somewhere um, or, or we're focused on other areas. But, uh, yeah. So in your, like, on a terrible day when you have a 15-minute commute, you got music going, you got, like, podcasts going on, other than the Getting No podcast, I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, music for sure. Yeah. I Yep. I like all sorts. I, I would say I'm a product of the 80s. So the 80s bands, the, one you know, One Hit Wonders are, are great. I've the hair, the hair station, the hair metal uh, stations, a, a, a favorite of mine. So I like some of those uh, those bands. And um, but I, I actually will listen to, to today's music as well. Probably everything short of country. That'd be probably the only thing I don't necessarily listen to. As a big fan of the '80s, did you ever rock a mullet? I did have long hair. Uh, I don't know if it was exactly a mullet, but I, I had long hair. Yes, when I had hair. I'm actually glad I did it because I, I I could say I did it when I had it. I I don't have that opportunity any longer. Well, it would, it, the mullet the mullet would be uh, that'd be a statement right now. It would be. It would be that's for sure. What's one thing about you, Todd, that you find that as people get to know you, they they tend to be surprised about? Or maybe it's about your role or something like that. Ah, oh, surprised by. Um, I think people that work with me get the impression that I'm kind of a, a low-key, pretty mellow guy. And then, you know, we go out somewhere, you'll you'll hang out kind of maybe on a more social setting. And they, I think they're surprised that I'm a little more outgoing or a little louder than they than they had anticipated. I could see that. I could see that. Are there, are, is, is that at all fueled by beer or wine or anything like that no i think those that really know me know that i'm actually that way regardless but certainly i think it yeah maybe the volume gets a little louder with a with a couple a couple of beverages in yes what's the uh beverage of choice in a moment like that i like imported beer for the most but i'll, I'll have wine as well from time to time but uh usually imported beers are unfortunately it's usually heineken when you're at a bar because that's about the only one that uh, gets sold but uh yeah where would i find the best cheese curds 
in the Fox Valley area? Uh, I think it's a place called it called Simon's Cheese in Kakana, which is again, yeah, you're, it's like a, a 15 minute drive uh, away from from where from where we are. I've only been up there one time, and Jason Free figured out the one place in the area that didn't have cheese curds to take. <laughs> so it was a great place. I don't remember the name, but no cheese curds. I was beyond disappointed. He's, I mean, he's lovely otherwise, but yes, yeah, of course, was disappointed there. Who's the best boss you ever had? Ooh. I've been fortunate enough to have several good ones, but I, I probably would say when I was at Fox River, it was a, a gentleman named Mark Korniak, and then coming over to Nina, uh, Renee Schwartz, who left, uh, who retired probably three, four years ago now, I think it was. But yeah, those those two individuals were probably two two of my favorites. But I but I've been fortunate enough to work for lots of lots of other great folks as well. Do you find yourself taking you know bits and pieces from you know from those people and and, and paying that forward to your team? Absolutely. I said probably every boss I've had, I, you try to take a little something away from from them. And Kingsley's my my current boss, and certainly been been glomming some things off off of her uh, more recently. But but yeah, I'd say those those two that I mentioned are probably the two that younger in my career as well probably learned more from and took took more things from. But certainly have learned something from just about everyone I've, I've worked for for sure. Well, Todd, at the end of every getting to know podcast, we hit our guess with three consistent questions. So I'm going to hit you with those right now. The first of which is, what can always be found in the Olson family refrigerator? I'd say really my refrigerator. So I have a little man cave down in the, the basement I've built with the bar and the big screen TV and the sports memorabilia on the wall. So it would be uh, various imported beers from around the world. So at any given time, there's a good over 15 different choices in that refrigerator that I could go to on any given day. Bottles, cans, on tap, almost always bottles. Yep. Okay, got it. And it's and it varies what depending on time of year or mood or. Um, yeah, yeah. So there'll be some Oktoberfest and things, or when you when you can get those types of beers. But a lot of European beers, but but beers from really all over, uh, Mexico, Canada, China. So I, there, yeah, I kind of try to travel the world through beers. Oh, good for you. Not not a bad way to travel the world, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, Amongst those who know you well, Todd, what would you say you're most famous for? Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm famous for anything, but I'd say probably at Nina. So I'll, I'll stay with people here that know me at Nina. I would say the reputation I have is is of a very narrow palate for food, right? They, I think I have the, the people believe I only eat cheeseburgers, probably because I do eat a lot of them. But I, I, I'm a little <laughs> a little more broad in my food choices than people than people give me credit for. But that's probably what I'm known for here at Nina. Got it. Got it. Well, look, you're not going to get any argument from me if you just want to go eat some cheeseburgers, cheese curd, and some beers. That's um, a great meal to me. Yeah, don't don't go getting fancy when I meet you. This is just All right, some cheeseburgers and cheese curds. How about that? All right, last question for you, Todd. What are you currently most looking forward to? So now that I'm I'm fully vaccinated, I'd say from a work perspective, it's it's getting the team back together, getting everyone back in in one office. I think is something I'm looking forward to working with with the teams again and face-to-face. And I think I have the ability in my role too, to get out in front of customers and, and certainly garner some insights of what we do well, what we don't do well, getting that constant point of uh, point of view back from the customers is important. So from a business perspective, I'd say it's it's that, right? Getting out in front of, of, of folks again. And, and then even from a personal perspective, very similar is kind of reviving a social life and, you know, hanging out with friends again and, and, and doing some fun things there and traveling. And um, yeah. I, I kind of describe myself as a people person. So whether it's Business or, or pleasure, I think, is getting back in, in front of people and hanging out with, with folks is, is something I'm looking forward to. Tough one to disagree with. I like it. I like it. Well, Todd, thanks for your time today, taking 
your time away from the customer solutions team to help us and myself get to know you a little bit better. I'm, I'm sure they're getting to know podcasts. Enjoy chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. You bet. For those of you in the listening audience, thanks for joining us yet again, and we'll talk to you again in a couple weeks.